Hey, welcome to Tech Junior. <laughs> oh, shit, I almost fell. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah, nailed it. Fine. Nailed it. Yeah. You, you want to go for another in? one, or? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you should keep it in. The... <laughs> uh, hey, welcome to Tech Junior. Um, I'm Eddie, uh, front end developer, and I'm here with Ed, uh, Lee. Not Eddie. Lee. Hey, this is Lee, uh, full stack JavaScript developer. And. Uh... <laughs> Eddie's having a hard time doing the intro. Here. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you got Kyle Gilt. <laughs> My God, I'm sorry. We need to start over. <laughs> All right, one one more, just for you, just for games. Maybe you should do it. You sure? Yeah, yeah. You do it. You do it. I'm I'm like not there today. Welcome to Tech Junior. Hey everyone, uh, that was a little bit of B-roll from uh, when we recorded this episode, and uh, we tried to get Eddie to do the, the intro, so I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, today we're going to be talking to Kyle Gill, who you heard a little bit of uh, previously. Um, he is a engineer working for Gatsby, uh, everybody's favorite React framework. Um, he's also a university student. He met Kenzie Dodds in real life and some other interesting things, so uh, it's going to be a cool show. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you want to support us, go to our website at techgr.dev and click subscribe um, to sign up for our newsletter. And then you can click the support tab to check out our Patreon and buy some swag. Then tweet us at TechGR Podcast, leave a review on iTunes, tell all your friends and do all the stuff to help us out and spread the word. We appreciate it. Welcome to Tech Junior. My name is uh, Lee Warwick Jr., full stack JavaScript developer. Have with me Eddie. Hey, it's Eddie, front-end developer. And we've got a special guest. We have Kyle Gill. Kyle, if you can introduce hey yourself. Yeah, hey there. My name's Kyle Gill. I'm a software engineer student and working at Gatsby. Which is uh, kind of an interesting thing, you know? So uh, Gatsby, obviously, super famous React uh, framework. Um, and Kyle, you're, you're still a student and you're already working there. So uh, <laughs> the rest of us are kind of like hoping to one day get such an awesome job. So yeah, maybe you can cool. tell us like, you know, what, what you're studying in school and kind of how all this, how all that happened. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess as a, a little bit of background. Yeah. I, I guess I'm kind of in this weird place. Like, wow. Yeah. How did I end up working here at the same time? So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a student right now. I'm finishing up a degree, a master's degree in information systems. I'm a, I'm at Brigham Young university. It's in a school in Utah and just kind of, through a weird series of kind of open doors and little opportunities, I guess I ended up working with Gatsby just because it was this project I loved and had been using for a while. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a bit of an adventure where how I got here and kind of met some cool people along the way. But, yeah, I guess where, where should I start? <laughs> well, I, as I understand it, you kind of started in design and then kind of worked your way into code. So were you studying, um, like, something technical as an undergrad or I think you're yeah. working on your master's mm -hmm. now. So, right. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I started when I came to college, I, I declared my major as computer science because I knew I liked computers and I knew the computer science was a cool degree that a lot of people did, but I had, I kind of started because I was interested in uh, like kind of the graphic design elements of computers. That's what I'd done as a kid. I'd taken multimedia classes in high school and things. So when I came to college, 
I started doing that, and my I ended up switching my degree to information systems for a number of reasons. Um, but when I got to college, I I was interested mainly in like the graphic design elements and like designing things and making interfaces look cool and kind of like the artistic side of things. So I uh, when I got to school, I started looking for any job that had Photoshop or Illustrator in the description and just started applying to all of them. I was like, I've got <laughs> enough experience, I can maybe figure it out. And so I found one job in particular that was like this, uh, they called it like an e-learning specialist. I had no idea what it meant, but I applied because it had, <laughs> it said experience in Adobe Creative Suite is encouraged. And I figured if I did that, I'd learn more about it. So I, uh, I applied and figured, well, if I'm going to be able to like advertise myself, I got to have a website. So like the night before my interview, I, uh, I went and learned as much as I could about WordPress, threw up this quick portfolio site, put some information about myself on it, emailed it to the, the interviewers and said like, hey, you can learn more about me here. And then went into the interview and they're like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. And I, I got the job. So I guess that kind of, uh, that started me off. And from there I started, uh, I was, I was trying to learn these like graphic design things. I wanted to learn like Photoshop, Illustrator, get really good at them. And in doing that, I kind of just got exposed to JavaScript and front-end development because a lot of these things we were building in this job as an e-learning specialist were like these tutorials for other professors at my university and librarians in the library. And so I got this exposure to JavaScript that made me realize like, hey, this is actually kind of cool. Like maybe I, maybe I could do this. And I had started taking the computer science classes at that point and realized that code could actually be really cool. And so that's kind of what, what started me, I guess, where I started seeing like, Hey, maybe I actually can make something or, or do this myself. It's not like impossible. <clears throat> so were you, uh, were you working full time or was it like a part-time <laughs> job or? Yeah, it was just a part-time job. I was in classes, uh, taking like the intro CS classes where you're just learning, like, this is a variable, this is a function, this is a loop. What and, language? Uh, it was a C++, was that intro CS class. Yeah. And then <laughs> Interesting. I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my second CS class, this was actually one of the reasons I switched to information systems. We had a, a class called computer systems where you basically started at binary and worked your way up. So I was doing these worksheets where I convert binary into the just little messages and then we went from binary to assembly, which most people have never really written anything in because nobody does these days unless you're like programming embedded systems and right. <laughs> kind of crazy stuff. So I was like, I don't like this. But then I saw this opportunity in my job where it's like, hey, there's these people building cool tools on the web. Like, this seems like that's more my speed, like these kind of higher level tools. So yeah, I was probably only working like 15 to 20 hours a week, but uh, when summertime came around, I had 40 hours a week to work where I wasn't in classes anymore and could just invest time into learning all these tools and softwares that are like our little department used. And yeah, from there, I, I started seeing like, okay, well, I've learned enough about Photoshop and Illustrator maybe to be like semi-proficient, but I saw these other videos like intro to JavaScript and I'm like, huh, or like semantic HTML, like for beginners. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe this is something worth looking into. Cool. So, uh, I kind of had the opposite experience in school where I didn't know anything about front end development. Uh, I had <laughs> done like a web design class in high school where we just did like HTML and that was it. And, <laughs> um, 
so I got to college and I started doing computer science and it was like, like you said, you start learning binary and they were teaching us Java and, uh, I did like a year of Java and it's an object oriented language. I couldn't tell you what an object was at the end of a year. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty, uh, I was like, I'm never going to learn this. Um, I'm not smart enough or I didn't get the head start or whatever. So I, I gave up on it. So it sounds like, you know, they started you off in C++, which is like, that's pretty dang tough, right? Yeah, it was a, it felt a little scary. A lot of the time, like you, I don't know, the things you can build in C++, I guess you just, you don't get there as fast as you do like with like front end development where you open an HTML file, save like a, a tag, like an H1 tag, and then see hello world just like display on the screen. Like C++, you've got this like compiler that's kind of scary for someone new to things. Yeah, there's there's all these weird constructs of the language that, that help it run really fast and be really efficient and like really good for certain use cases. But yeah, to a beginner, it was kind of scary. And, and then when I took the second class that was like the lower level stuff, I was like, huh, this is, I don't know if this is for me. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like, is this actually, I don't know, am I actually really into this? Yeah, I definitely uh, can sympathize. And uh, like you said, you, you would never really, like most of the stuff that we do as developers, you know, we're using higher level abstractions than that. Um, the only th jobs that I can think of where they're actually doing that kind of stuff is if you're programming for like, you know, the architecture of like a graphics card or something, or you're, you're doing something that's right. like really, really performance intensive. Like, I don't know, guys programming like missile code or something where... <laughs> You know, it's got to calculate traje trajectories or some craziness. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, for yeah. us, like, you know, we're making, you know, like a to-do list or you know, <laughs> like applications for the web, and we just don't need to get that performance. So um, right. it always drives me nuts whenever I hear about, uh, you know, intro to computer science and they teach you, like, <laughs> maybe the hardest language they could pick. Um, I, I once heard, like, C++ was one, huge, and two... Like it can, it can do anything, but it would take a madman to learn all of it or something like that <laughs> because there's just so much junk in there. Like, you know, people code in C++, but they only use like little sections of it basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. It's, it's, uh, I definitely feel more productive programming in these higher level languages. And, but I, I mean, I can see the power in them. I can see the use case. So I, like there's a time and place, but it feels like for the majority of them, there's a lot of other languages that, if I mean, if one's not really getting you anywhere, then there's plenty of other options. Yeah, absolutely. So um, after you kind of worked at this, uh, I, it was funny, before he was throwing up uh, air quotes over e-learning specialist, um, <laughs> when you were doing that job, like when did you start to cross over into actual development? So it sounded like they had you doing a lot of design stuff, and then at some yep. point you started actually building sites, or what happened there? Yeah, yeah, so... I uh, I was in that job, and I had a friend who had started working at this startup, and it was like this real estate, this real estate startup where they were just trying to build like this app, kind of as an intermediary between like real estate brokers and investors and things. Really, like the business model made no sense to me, but my friend had started working as a digital marketer. Uh, just he kind of found his way into the company, and then kind of asserted his place in this role like saying I just okay, I can, knew I can somebody do right <laughs> yeah he knew somebody got in 
And then since he knew me, they were looking for someone to do like graphic design elements, like for the, their marketing materials and help like work on landing pages and stuff like that. So I kind of said, Hey, I mean, if there's, there's an in, I, I totally take it. I'd love to work at like a, I don't know, a more legit feeling company than kind of just what I've been doing here on campus, even though it's been really good. I just, I feel like I could learn more elsewhere. So he helped me kind of get this in into this other company. And I was, I kind of was in this like graphic design, digital marketing role. And since my friend was also really wanted to get into programming, we, we used this landing page builder. It's called Unbounce. And the pages like we were making in it just, they kind of felt clunky. We couldn't really like, we couldn't really fit it to do what we wanted to all the time. Like we kind of wanted to customize things for visitors we knew would be coming to the page and like optimize for different locations we were advertising in and stuff. So we realized like, hey, we can make these. Like these are just pretty basic HTML pages. So we started like designing our own and writing up little scripts and like jQuery to target stuff and change it based on the location we detected IP addresses at and just like little hacks and things. Uh, but the engineering team at this startup noticed that we were doing that and was like, hey, we've got all sorts of like little odd jobs and tasks that we don't really have time for if like we can pull you guys into that. So me and my friend kind of got pulled into these like extra additional tasks from the engineering team and eventually just kind of became part of the engineering team instead. Um, and from there, I kind of started learning what like the actual architecture of an app looks like in a real company. Even if it was a small company and a startup, like we had a, we had a Rails app and I was like, whoa, like actual real backend code. I, I've never really seen this in the wild. <laughs> and so I kind of started seeing like architecture and they'd give me like tiny little tasks like, hey, we just need to update all of these files to error handle better or little things like that. I remember one of my first tasks was adding uh, adding prop type checking on every file as we were starting to convert this uh, the front end into React from just using like Rails templates. And so I went through like every single file and the whole code base, seeing what props were being passed and learning what prop types were. And it took <laughs> me like probably like a week. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what prop types were. But I read the doc and was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. And then eventually after that, they're like, okay, how about you convert this whole page and just react? And that took me like probably like three weeks. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, but I just kind of hack at things, Google more, and um, continue just kind of guessing and checking. Uh, but the whole time while we started working at this other company, me and my friend who are now on the engineering team were like, hey, well, if we know how to build stuff now, like maybe we can go start building our own little stuff on the side. So we had all sorts of ideas. One of them was that we actually started building was this like platform for students to like sell and exchange their contracts, like their housing contracts on because the housing market in our city was just kind of a mess and was really painful and kind of an it's a college process. town thing. I think exactly. It just kind of just shows up <laughs> everywhere, but we kind of realized it's actually a harder problem to solve than we thought originally. So we started building it, abandoned it. And <laughs> I mean, there's a reason there's not really a great solution because it's not, it's not one size fits all necessarily, but and there's better solutions out there already. So, But we started building things on our own just because we kind of could. And that's where I kind of started realizing, hey, I, I can make things if I just Google enough and keep refreshing and saving and trying new things. So, so uh, were you actually doing um, 
any work in Ruby on Rails? And maybe could you maybe, let me say maybe a bunch of times, uh, can you <laughs> tell the audience like what is Ruby and what is Rails and maybe what that's like coming from somebody that's done mm-hmm. C++ and that's done JavaScript? Right, yeah. So, so Ruby is a programming language a lot like it's comparable. It's a programming language, so it's comparable to C++. It's comparable to JavaScript. It's pretty comparable to Python in a lot of ways and like how it's written. Um, Ruby on Rails is a framework for building with Ruby. So um, a lot of people talk about like React or like Gatsby that like I've, I've worked with a lot um, that are like these frameworks kind of like tools around building on top of a language. So there's like a programming language underneath then a framework on top that allows you to build websites or apps faster by giving you tools to kind of help make decisions for you and speed up the process. So when I started working, I guess, in Ruby on Rails, I was completely unfamiliar with the language. I'd never written anything in Ruby before. I'd never even gone through any tutorials or anything. But I like recognized that a lot of the things I was seeing in these Ruby files that my coworkers were sending me through looked a lot like stuff I'd seen in my intro CS class. Like, obviously these assignments of like some name to values was that was just variables then i saw like even though the syntax was different they had they had their functions there were objects with properties and, and classes and things so i started recognizing that okay there's similarities between these languages and it wasn't actually as scary as i thought it was going to be kind of jumping around between a language cuz it it kind of felt like learning a new programming language would be almost like learning a new real language where it has all sorts of new rules. It's just a complete, I don't know, it's just a like a new animal entirely. But I started realizing like, hey, this is, a, this is just the same as what I've seen before. The syntax might be different, but all I got to do is just copy whatever line of this code is and Google it and see what it tells me. <laughs> I ended up doing that a lot where I I couldn't tell sometimes if things were like variables defined by my coworkers or what stuff was internal to the language. And you kind of just start learning those things with time. But yeah, uh, Ruby, I guess, is in Ruby on Rails. Um, generally is more of like a, like a server language, a server-side language, stuff that runs on a server. Um, so it was something I was kind of unfamiliar with. Um, I knew that like the concepts around what a server was, what server-side code would be like, but I'd never really written anything like that myself. Uh, So luckily I didn't have to do too much, like get too into the weeds, probably because they didn't trust me to (laughs) change that much (laughs) of the code. (laughs) They knew if I was changing user interface, they could always just revert it. and. (laughs) Yeah, hey, let the new guy do the authentication. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, so I didn't have to touch any of that, but... I mean, I started seeing it, and I think that's what was important because it exposed me to it, and I began to realize, like, okay, at the end of the day, this is all just code, and I can figure out code. It it may be, like, new weird ways of using it, but at the end of the day, like, with enough time, I can probably figure it out. It's, like, the mentality I started kind of gaining. What did you uh, What did you think of the Ruby syntax as compared to maybe something like JavaScript? Uh, it was, uh, it felt foreign. It was very weird. <laughs> Pretty funky. <laughs> yeah. You don't have brackets. It's, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, what are some of the differences? Because I've never seen it's, Ruby uh, code. It, it's pretty similar to Python from what I've oh, seen. Oh, really? It's like, mm-hmm. it's very readable. 
Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, the sent like they wrote it so that it reads more like English than even Python does. Oh, okay. So um, you may do like like something is something or stuff like that. So it's um, it's a little bit funky coming from JavaScript from what I've heard. But uh, mm-hmm. Rails is like this highly opinionated framework where it's kind of like set it and forget it. Like you just fire up a Rails yep. app and it can kind of do everything mm-hmm. for you. So it was kind of a startup darling for a while. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because you didn't, it wasn't like Node where Node, you have to do everything from scratch almost. Uh, it's more yeah. similar to maybe like Laravel where, you know, you start up a Laravel project and it's like, boom, it does templating, it does authentication, it does your routes and all that stuff for you. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, it, right. it's really a, kind of an amazing story so far because like you basically, <laughs> you went to college for computer science and then you're like, meh. And then you get a, a part-time job and basically learned everything through that, it, it sounds like. <laughs> well, I guess uh, a lot of it, yeah, was learned on the job. I ended up, so I switched my major from computer science into this other major information systems that some people are kind of unfamiliar with because I took my like binary CS class the same time as I was taking the intro to information systems class. And like long version of the story was the IS class or the information systems class was a lot easier for me. It was kind of this introduction to a lot of these like sort of hybrid business computer science concepts. Like you learned like VBA, the scripting language for Excel. And you did like data visualization in Tableau and kind of these more like businessy things. And for me, it was kind of a breeze because I'd done these things in computer science that were took like a little, a bit steeper of a learning curve. So I went into those classes and saw professors that were uh, that had this like really defined schedule for the students. Not not necessarily a schedule, but like a roadmap for your uh, degree in information systems compared to the CS program that looked like kind of broad and confusing to me. So I ended up switching, and then and then in in those classes, I started learning a bit about programming, but there wasn't as intense of a focus as there was in the computer science program. So. At times, I was like, huh, maybe I shouldn't have switched because now I'm learning that I really love code. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I learned enough outside of class that I stayed really satisfied and, and really happy. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool that uh, you got into these jobs and they're like, okay, yeah, do you have... They, they don't even care if you have a degree. They're like, oh, you're a student? Yeah, whatever. We'll just come in right. here and, and get this work done, you know? Yeah, lucky breaks, really. Yeah. <laughs> And Eddie can, uh, he can attest to, um, having like graphic design experience. Um, when we worked together, the, uh, the upper management would kind of look at Eddie and be like, oh yeah, we, we really like Eddie because he can, we can toss him to whatever task, uh, he can do coding, he can do design and we can kind of like abuse him for different roles, (laughs) which is kind of sounds like what they were doing with, you know, with you guys at that startup, like, oh yeah, we got these designers, but Oh wait, you guys can code. Well, hey, come over here and uh, start picking up some of this work too. So um, I don't know. There's, I've I've heard from people out there that are kind of like uh, they they kind of doubt themselves and they're like, oh, I don't know anything. I don't have the skills, whatever. But here you are. You come in with okay, I photoshopped some stuff or kind of got into Adobe a little bit, and you just started writing HTML and like a bunch of spaghetti jQuery, right? <laughs> and then they're right. like, hey kid, come come in here and start uh, getting into this project. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a amazing story so far. And then like, I couldn't even imagine learning react from like jQuery and, and rails at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it uh, it didn't really feel like it made a lot of sense when I <laughs> when I started learning React. <laughs> it was it was kind of a different pattern, but everything was so new to me that I didn't recognize how different it was at the time, because I didn't I don't think I fully understood all the concepts even of like how a lot of the nature of the web worked at the time. Like React was one of the first things I started learning, so maybe that was an advantage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. It's uh. <laughs> How do you feel about it now? Do you feel like you should have learned like van more vanilla JavaScript at first, or I I, I kind of feel like it it helped me. I started kind of learning at the same time when I would I'd run into these concepts in like tutorials. I'd follow through like learning React principles that would kind of teach you about the internals of JavaScript just kind of by accident almost because they'd use these JavaScript things inside them, like inside of a inside React, like they'd be fetching data and they use like the fetch API from the browser. And I'd be like, oh, is that a React thing? And I'd look it up and be like, oh, looks like that's applicable everywhere. And <laughs> learn, how to, <laughs> learn how to get data from stuff. And started realizing like, oh, a lot of these things I'm following through in these tutorials aren't necessarily just React. Like React is actually, at the end of the day, it's kind of kind of simple. There's just, there's a bunch yeah, of lifecycle methods, stuff surrendering. There's nothing to it, right? Yeah, it's just everything's a function. And yeah, just put functions inside other functions and plug away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Uh, there's there, especially with hooks now. There's like, you know, you've got a couple of hooks that you use, but then otherwise you're just like the yeah. most reacty portion of it is JSX, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is like, like you said, oh well, this tutorial has fetch. Oh well, wait, that's just JavaScript mm -hmm. or destructuring or whatever, you know? Right. Like all the mm -hmm. all those React patterns are at the end of the day pretty much just JavaScript, which mm -hmm. um, I think is, is really awesome because it, it helps people learn uh, more easily than if they jumped into something like Angular, where it's you kind of like have to do everything the Angular way, where React is very flexible and will kind of let you do whatever. <clears throat> so um, going back to your side projects, uh, it sounded like you guys started working on stuff and then I guess people started to notice your side projects or things started to happen from there or... What was the story with that? Uh, yeah, so this uh, as I began learning React, my coworkers were like, "Hey, if you if you guys, you and your friend, if you guys start learning React, like this is going to be big. We're probably going to use this on a lot of projects. It'd be helpful if you guys kind of like picked up more on this." So there was like times where we wouldn't have like really big projects, and I could use like some of my work time just kind of to learn, which I super valued. So they also. We're saying, hey, there's this other thing that's really cool called GraphQL. And this is also going to be big. Like, we should learn this. So I followed several tutorials. Like, there's this how-to GraphQL tutorial that I went through that was really awesome and is still, like, this incredibly well-done tutorial. And, like, as far as, like, docs go and learning material, it's awesome. And that taught me about this weird new concept that I didn't really understand and still don't understand in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> but then I wanted to learn React, so... Because my coworkers were saying, hey, this is new and cool and going to be big. So I was like, well, what could I do? Because I, I, I received advice that it's like you kind of need to just have a use case and go make something. And I had kind of noticed that where I'd build small little like gizmos and widgets, almost like fun little toy projects messing around or like following tutorials. And I was kind of like, well, maybe it's like time for me to actually build something more real. And I'm kind of like this music enthusiast and it always 
had found this like problem where I always was trying to recommend music to people, but without like knowing their tastes first, I couldn't really give them a good recommendation because some people are into like more acoustic music. Some people like more electronic music or like pop or rock or, or whatever. And I kind of like saw this cool possibility um, because I'd always use Spotify and I knew that they had an API and I had gotten like learning more about the web and like working with this company, realizing like how APIs worked, basically like companies that like have their information will make it publicly available so that other people can, can utilize their data and build more cool stuff on top of their platform. It's like this kind of like virtuous cycle where it's like, hey, we'll scratch your back if you scratch ours. You build on our platform, we'll give you cool data you can work with. And so Spotify does this where they they make a lot of their information accessible and they do a lot of analysis on like songs in their their libraries. And I was like, hey, I could build something really cool that would like visualize this like information that Spotify puts out. Like they'll uh, they'll analyze like the danceability of a song, like how positive it sounds, like how acoustic it sounds, like really does interesting all, information. Does that all come from the API? Yeah. Danceability? Yeah. It's right. Danceability. <laughs> I don't know how like they a, figure that out. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, is there like, I wonder if they do like BPMs or something? Yeah, or? yeah, they do have that too. So they've got, they, they like figure out all this information through, I don't know what kind of algorithms, but then they like, they just have it all stored as like integers zero to a hundred. And I like found this out, I don't know through what, maybe just Googling like what can you do with Spotify APIs. And I saw this like possibility, like this vision in my head of this like really cool recommendation engine where you could, like put in information about like what kind of music you like and Spotify has another like API call where you, you can get recommendations and you can like give it parameters and it'll spit back out recommendations. It's like what they use internally to like make cool playlists for you and, and recommend new music. So I saw this and was like, I want to build a tool using React that hooks up to Spotify and can recommend music to people. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to get started. So I like started building found all sorts of like example code on GitHub and basically just tried to get something to like play audio of some song from Spotify. And like, I couldn't figure it out and I got stuck on it for a really long time. And I almost like started putting it away, but it's like, now nah, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I followed this tutorial that like helped me build like a little audio player. And then I followed a tutorial on like using D3 and kind of like hooked them together and eventually just like copied an API response from Spotify. Like I wasn't actually hitting the API yet. I just like copied the data and like put it in a JSON file so that I could have it like locally because I didn't quite know how to hit the API or like have someone log in yet because it just seemed like too weird of a concept. But I got something like kind of working where I had this JSON file of like songs with information about them and I could pull it into this site and like show these little graphs that had like bars showing like this is how acoustic it is or how danceable it is and you could like cycle through the songs and preview them and i was like this is actually pretty cool and began realizing like i had something neat and i mean this took me like weeks like time after class and eventually while i was working on this that startup i was working at kind of just dissolved and crumbled there was like as they do. competition yeah. Market. yeah right <laughs> <laughs> which meant i had all this free time on my hands all of a sudden i didn't have a job and i wasn't making money anymore but i was like i want to finish this thing so for probably like two or three months i was just working like 
building stuff when I get home from class and finish up my homework and learn the weird little concepts of React, like props, passing props down between new components and like sharing data and state between things. And like over time, I just kept building out more and more little features and got to the point where I had login working. I had, I made it so you could add songs to Spotify from, from my little app. You could like add a playlist of recommendations. And I was like, Hey, this is actually kind of neat. And finally something I would actually like use. And once I got to that point, like nobody really, I don't know. I didn't really have a way of like getting it out there, but I'd showed a bunch of my friends and they're like, Hey, this is actually kind of cool. And it was like at the same time where I, I found this site called product hunt where basically people and like developers, freelancers, like indie developers, like small businesses and startups would post or like launch their new cool products. And I was like, you know, I don't really have a real product here. It's kind of just my own little side project, but I could at least like put it on there and see if some people notice it. And I did. And not that many people saw it, but enough saw it that I was like, oh, like, People will notice if you just kind of try and throw stuff out there. Like I think maybe maybe like 25 or 30 people like upvoted it like the first day on Product Hunt when I when I put it online. And like seeing that, I, and I put Google Analytics so I could see how many visitors. And it was probably only like a few hundred or maybe like a thousand visitors to the site. But it was enough for me to be like, oh, like people will use it if I can make it. And not a lot really came from that like first couple of weeks after I like launched air quotes again like because it wasn't really like a product i wasn't really selling anything it was just like my fun little toy and not a whole lot came from it but when i finished i was like hey i made something cool i've learned a lot more about react and people will check out check it out if i just put it somewhere so yeah that was that was probably like the first little like real feeling side project ever like brought to fruition with um i know with spotify there's uh you have to do like an OAuth handshake in order to log in, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a pain in the butt, especially if you're, you know, you don't know what you're doing and you're brand yep. new to this. So uh, did you use like an NPM package to handle that? Or did you do like the whole <laughs> thing and, and code it out from scratch? Or Yeah, I, uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I read those. They have this like authorization doc. I actually was just looking at this like a couple weeks ago because I wanted to keep building more stuff on top of Spotify. And I was like, I still don't understand this. This is still confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Even now, after like... I feel like I've built all sorts of stuff that's probably way more advanced, but I just didn't get it still. So what I ended up doing, I found uh, there were a couple people from Spotify, like developer advocate type people who would would build like these sample repositories and put them on GitHub in various places. And one of them had like these authentication workflows. I think there's like three that Spotify lets you use. And yeah, like you mentioned, there's like this, this kind of like handshake process. Um, I think like two of those processes like require a server, like require you to basically be yeah, like verifying like, Hey, I'm trusted. I'm a trusted app from Spotify. Here's like my auth token or something, but right. they have one that can happen client side. And because I was scared of servers when I was building this, <laughs> I, uh, I found the one that, that could happen client side. Basically all I would do it. It just, it kind of just, shoots out to Spotify and will return back a token that it can't be used for as many advanced features in Spotify's API, but it can do enough reading and writing. But you got to just like save that access token somewhere. So 
I basically took his repository, cloned it, tried running it to see what would happen. It would log me in, and I'm like, oh, cool. And now what? And I noticed, like, oh, it's saving, like, this access token, like, up in the, like, URL parameters or something. And I didn't really know, like, what the best way of doing that was. So I, I think I really just, I think I just copied the whole file that his example did, pasted it into my project, and just, like, hacked until it worked. <laughs> I just guessed until, like, the console stopped yelling at me, and I had an access token in the URL bar. And I was like, oh, that's good enough. <laughs> And I called it good. Like I, I really still felt like I didn't know much what I was doing. Yeah, I don't think uh, a, a lot of people would probably go like, "Oh man, I'm a fraud. I have to co- I have to code it all from scratch and understand everything." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that just doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. You know, this, this stuff is is tough, um, especially like uh, authentication handshake like that, where you're getting passed back like a token, and then you got to figure out like, now what do I do with it? Like, how do I send yeah. that token yeah. back when I make a request? Like, that's another whole can mm-hmm. of worms. So, um, yep. yeah, it sounds, I actually checked it out. It was a, a pretty cool project. We'll, um, oh, definitely link it on the, on the show notes. Uh, cool. the, the thing that I noticed about all your work is like, it looks really good. <laughs> um, regardless of the functionality, like I didn't even care about clicking around that much. I was just like, man, this looks really <laughs> slick. <laughs> man, that's, that's super nice. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm sure that that's uh, uh, Eddie could probably say the same thing. Like his stuff looked really, really good coming out of school. So uh, hmm. I know that that really helps with people, um, yeah. especially <laughs> when they're they're looking at your portfolio and stuff. Yeah. So I think, uh, <laughs> when I guess... did you uh, when did you start to get like more attention on stuff? Is it when you started blogging, or did you have like some other side projects that got um, got some attention, hmm. or what happened? There? I think the uh, so yeah after I built that little music recommendation tool. The next thing I started working on, because I didn't have a job, the startup I worked at had dissolved. Um, But while we were at the startup, we had been exploring all sorts of these technologies like React, like GraphQL. And one thing we ran into, it it hadn't been released yet, it was in like V0 point something, was this this tool called Gatsby. (laughs) My friend actually found it. My friend who like got me into this company. he found it and we were going to use it to basically just like build out these landing pages really fast, just kind of like crank them out in like this kind of engine format, just like run a script, have Gatsby like build a site for us and then we could tweak what we wanted. Um, And so we started like building out these prototypes with it while this company was in its final stages. And when the company finally dissolved and I, I built this like little music tool trying to learn React and then I remembered like that we had been using this like this project Gatsby and I like looked it up and I was like, oh, you know what? This is actually kind of cool. It had been like, it had actually finally been released at that point. And I was like, huh, building like websites pretty fast using React. Like I like React now, like maybe I can build websites. And since I, I felt like I'd had enough experience, I was like, you know, maybe I can freelance and just try and build better websites for like little local businesses. And that led me into start experimenting with Gatsby to see if I could just build like a better template for like restaurants in the area was my goal. And so I started building like this kind of like dummy demo site that I was going to, my plan was just, I'd build this site. I'd kind of show that this site had like features that would be valuable to like restaurant owners that you could, you could have a backend in Google sheets like have this information 
pulled into a site, like a menu, um, like contact information, locations, hours, stuff like that, that they could manage in Google Sheets. My site would just build it and then it would be like more secure. It'd be faster. It'd be better than WordPress for all these reasons that I'd like listed out. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. I can just build this once, build it right, and then I can just go sell it to like restaurants and, and figure this stuff out. And so while I was doing that, I, uh, I had to start learning Gatsby. And so I was, I was building this site and tweaking things and trying to build it right. And I made a lot of weird mistakes along the way. Like I didn't quite understand Gatsby at that point. Like if you go look through the code, it's up on GitHub um, of this like <laughs> demo restaurant site. I was like, I didn't quite understand what Gatsby really did. I just, I just kind of like built any other site really, but, but it was fine. It, it worked and it looked okay. And <laughs> it was this like same time um, where I was like, huh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to like break into like, I don't know, this like kind of industry, like will restaurant owners even want my stuff? And I, uh, I had found out like through like through just like random weird connections that and following a bunch of people on Twitter, that there was this guy, Kent C. Dodds, who, who knew React really well and who had graduated from the same university as me in the same program. So I was like, hmm, maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll be nice and uh, answer some questions if I just like email him. So I was like working on this like restaurant demo stuff and I was like, hey, Kent, uh, I found his email on his website and I emailed him on like a Saturday. I was like, hey, uh, I'm, a, I'm a student at the same university as you, like kind of like wink almost. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll have a soft spot for me. I've got all these questions like how would you start like doing the kind of stuff you're doing in open source? Uh, like how would you start learning React? How would you start teaching videos online to people? Like all this like learning content you do. Like wonder if you have any advice for like a kind of like young learner. And he was super nice as he is to a lot of people. Um, and I felt super lucky. He responded real quick. This was like a couple years ago. And he's like, hey, uh, I'm actually local in Utah. You want to go to lunch sometime? I'm like, what? <laughs> okay and he met me for lunch like that next week and so i just like i brought all sorts of questions that i wanted to ask him like okay like when'd you start how'd you start is it too early to start and he gave like tons of advice and i kind of told him what i was trying to do i was like look i'm i'm kind of interested in this tool um i think there's like a lot of, lot of cool stuff you're doing like teaching people stuff online um but i just think maybe it makes sense if i just try and like freelance and he's like, you know, if you really want to learn something well, like this advice he was giving me, it's like, just start like evangelizing it basically, like learn it and then go teach other people. So like write blog posts, like tweet about stuff you're learning, like speak at meetups if you can or conferences, just like try. And he basically said, like, it's never too early. Like you have something that other people don't know that you can teach. So just go try and like teach something. So he like kind of encouraged me to like go start like blogging which I kind of always thought about trying, but never really had the motivation because it was kind of scary and I felt like I didn't really have, I didn't know that much yet. So like, why start if I didn't really know anything? But wanting to like impress him and <laughs> and like show him <laughs> that I was like trying to follow his advice, that next day I went home and I just like spent all afternoon writing up this blog post on using Gatsby Image, which was this thing I was using on this this restaurant site I had made. Um, because it optimized your images all cool, like Gatsby's doc said. And I was like, cool, this will be a great thing to sell to people. Like, look, your images load faster, your site's better. But 
since I want to write this blog post, I just I just started like typing, typing. I didn't really know what to write or how to teach how to use it that well, but it was kind of hard for me to figure out. So I figured, well, maybe this is something worthwhile that other people want to know how to do. So I uh, I type up the blog post, I publish it, and I send the link. I email it back to Kent. And I'm like, look, I'm trying. I, I wrote a blog post. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, way to go. And he just he retweeted it on his Twitter account. And so that brought like a, like a bunch of people saw it then. I posted it on Medium and he retweeted on his Twitter account and just kind of like gave me a pat on the back like, hey, good job, <laughs> I feel like. Um, but that meant that like several people saw it. Like by luck and a lot of like happenstance, like one of the people that saw it was Kyle Matthews <laughs> who created Gatsby and <clears throat> was like, hey, this is actually good content and he he replied to my post on twitter that kent had retweeted like hey this is actually like uh some good content like you want to add some information to the docs on gatsby about this like and like the stuff you ran into and so i like responded back like ecstatic i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) i i never contributed to open source and and that was also scary to me but when the guy that created this project I was using tweeted at me saying contribute. I was like, hey, you better believe I'm going to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had to uh, do a lot of Googling to figure out how, like, how open source works like on GitHub and how to open your full pull request. Uh, which yeah, I was going to... <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, going to ask if, if you had ever gotten like any Git experience from working with that startup or anything. Yeah, I actually... I got exposed to it there, but... I didn't feel like I knew a lot of the principles. I ran like three commands. I would check out oh, like master. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I would get pull from master and then I would try and push without things like screaming at me in the console. So. <laughs> yeah. Every Git developer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I I really didn't have a lot of familiarity with with how like oh, I'm supposed to like fork the repository and make all these weird changes and and then I was like, I don't really know what to do. So I, Kent, Kent C. Dodds, actually, he has these, like, uh, he had an egghead course, and he had written a bunch about, like, how to open your first pull request. So I, like, followed that, and I was like, okay, so you kind of do this, sort of do that. And I followed through that and then used that to kind of hodgepodge my way to a, a PR to <laughs> the Gatsby's docs on using Gatsby image. And I, I don't think I even changed that much. I really only made probably, like, it's probably like 20 lines or something of, of little changes where I was just tweaking things in their docs already because I was kind of scared. I was like, well, their docs are kind of good and <laughs> I don't know if I'm that much better of a person to tell people this. Um, but I submitted the pull request and I sent it back, like tweeted it back at Kyle Matthews who's like, oh, great, thanks, and just like merged it. I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess <Nailed> that's it. <laughs> that. <laughs> like who knows if he even read it. He's probably just... He probably had more important things to do, but <laughs> yeah, so that was that. That was my first like open source contribution and I and I felt awesome about it. I was like, this is cool. I contributed. Like people are people are reading my little additions to Gatsby's docs now. And it felt like super rewarding. So cool. Mm-hmm. So so how did that uh how did that turn into a job offer? Like and I <laughs> guess you had an internship from that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that was a <laughs> What it so what happened? I uh, I 
I wrote my first blog post using Gatsby image. And then like the next couple of days, um, more like kind of lucky coincidence, <laughs> um, Kent was asked to speak at this React meetup that was happening in Utah, pretty close to where I lived and where he lived. Um, it was being run by these people in Lehigh, Utah. It was like 20 or 30 minutes away from my house. And Kent was like the, the speaker there, but they needed a lightning talk. And Kent basically just volunteered me and he emailed me. And I still have this email screenshotted because I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> He's like, hey, you can uh, back out if you want, but I signed you up to speak at this uh, speak at this meetup with me. <laughs> yeah, volunteered. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I had like equal parts like, nervousness equal parts like cool i get to speak next to Kent C. dots in this at this meetup and um so i was like well i don't really know what to talk about i guess i'll just talk about the only thing i've really learned how to use really well and that's gatsby image so i started preparing a little like presentation like a five or ten minute presentation on using gatsby image that like this meetup was happening in like two or three weeks and i like poured over slides i wasn't really sure how to present i never even like been to a real conference i had i think i'd been to one meetup before and didn't really stay that long so i, I yeah, wasn't I was, like wasn't i was gonna familiar. ask if you even knew what a lightning talk was at that point <laughs> yeah they told me <laughs> keep it short and that was that was pretty much it wow. <laughs> <laughs> like i i had some ideas of what i wanted to talk about i was like well i could talk about this or maybe this or this and like yeah half those things are way too long just talk about it gatsby image I'm like oh all right <laughs> So, so I started preparing this talk and then, and then I guess like I gave it, I was pretty nervous. I don't really remember how it went. Probably <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable. Eddie's, Eddie's been there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird experience. So it went it was, well and then, mm -hmm. and then what yeah. happened? And then it was from there where I got this message on Twitter from, uh, Sam Bogwat, who was, uh one of the other people who was working on Gatsby at the time. It was like he and Kyle were, were working on this. And he he messaged me on Twitter and was like, hey, we're trying to find people to help us work on the project. I wonder if you'd want to jump on a call. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you guys. <laughs> so, so that was just kind of a, they had seen like that I had spoken at this meetup because Kent had, had tweeted about that too. And I guess just seemed like, oh, hey, this guy who had, he wrote this tutorial that was, that was like, it was decent enough. Yeah, I guess he's speaking at like meetups now. This is the only meetup I've ever spoken at, so maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I had been fooled. <laughs> but they basically just they got on a call and like, hey, we're we're when I had this call with them, they're like, we're uh, we're we're trying to start working on the project. We're looking for people to help us with it, and we've got to the point where it's like we're looking for people to like, do contract work with us. And I was like, wow, uh, okay, and I didn't really know how to respond or what to do but like we're looking for contractors so if you want if you're interested like we'd love to have you I'm like okay well at this point i had found another job working with like the same guys from my old startup but with a new company they'd started a dev shop just building apps for new clients around the area and i they kind of called me up and said hey you want to help us work again and i just accepted the job because i was like cool exciting i get to work on code again so i uh but I wasn't going to turn down the guys from Gatsby asking me to work on some projects. <laughs> so I just, I had my, I had school full-time. I had my, my new job part-time. And then I told them I could pick up whatever hours I had remaining to do 
like try and help on projects they had. And so I started as like a contractor building like I built my first thing was building like this plugin library for Gatsby that's on the docs now. And <clears throat> I built that and it kind of like things fizzled out because I was just busy between my other job and school. But I still tried trying to keep in contact with Gatsby things, staying updated on Twitter and trying to build my own stuff. And then when I was getting back around to summertime, I was looking for internships. And then I reached out to, to Kyle and Sam and said, hey, I remember working with you guys in the past and it was a lot of fun. And it was really awesome. And basically, I loved working on this project. Is there any way I could do an internship? <laughs> and I was kind of, I came in at like a lucky time where they had projects they needed help on, which isn't always the case. Like a lot of times, like they're, they have too many people. I mean, with companies, it's like you either have too many people, you have too few people. And I kind of was just lucky to be just right. Like, hey, yeah, maybe we could fit you in and get you on some projects over the summer. Let me see what I can do. Things kind of got lined up just right. And so I started working last summer with them, like a year after I had first worked with them. And then that led into me working them over the summer. I had a great time. Everyone at the company's super great. So it was hard not to have a great time. And I loved what I was working on. And that just, I guess, led into a full-time offer. So now I'm going to keep working as long as I can. So, Awesome. Yeah, so kind of, uh, we, we kind of preach this stuff all the time, but it sounds like you did all the stuff that we're always talking about. So uh, networking, um, mm -hmm. build side projects that you actually care about. So it's, you know, don't do a tutorial and just like copy the tutorial. But you got excited about the Spotify API and you're like, man, I think this would be cool. And you built something around that, you know, what you thought would be interesting and then expanded upon that. And then from there, like, you know, kind of work in public, share your stuff, reach out and basically just ask like, Hey, do you have any advice? Do you have any feedback? Um, got in touch with Kent C. Dodds, wrote one blog post, spoke at one meetup, <laughs> and, uh, did one pull request and, uh, <laughs> Kind of like that, that was it. Best you you scenario, did all the yeah. things in order, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I, I feel super lucky about the way things just kind of happen. I mean, for a lot of people, it won't happen like that. Like they'll open their first pull request and a maintainer will come in and be like, yeah, I mean, there's actually some problems with what you did here. Uh, let's fix these. And it's kind of like this scary, frustrating thing. Uh, or people like reach out to people that they, they need advice from and, They'll just be too busy. And I and I had my experiences like that too, where I, I was messaging people all the time on Twitter and like LinkedIn and just asking <laughs> people advice. And a lot of people are, are really willing to give it and are really like willing to give back. A lot of people are just busy though and and can't respond to everyone. And I understood that and I was like, well, I'll just <laughs> kinda throw my line in as many like bodies of water as I can and, and see what happens. Yeah, uh, some advice I've heard is to be um, pleasantly persistent. So kind of hmm. like, you know, every once in a while, ask somebody, hey, you know, do you have any advice or do you have any feedback? Or, um, yeah. hey, you said this on Twitter, like, can you expand on that or, or whatever? And uh, like you said, a, a lot of people in tech are kind of, people talk about, oh, yeah, I want to be a developer. But then how do they show that, you know? Um, right. Not many people do what you do and go out and actually ask or participate in the community. They're kind of like, they're too scared. You know, they, they look at people like Ken C. Dodds and they're like, man, I'll never be as smart as Kent. Like, I don't even feel comfortable asking Ken a question. Cause he's just gonna be like, man, 
you're dumb <laughs> you know, or, something, or something crazy like that. And, uh, you know, he would, he's a super nice guy. I don't think he would ever say that, but, uh, in people's totally. minds, that's kind of what they see happening or like yeah. in your scenario, you're talking about a pull request. They start a pull request and they think like, man, they're just going to give me the, well, you didn't do this right. And this is wrong. And you got to name your variable this. And you know, that's not performant or just close it and not even give you any feedback. So, um, mm-hmm. but especially with documentation, like docs are always in need of, you know, love and updating. So, uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of opportunities out there to help with that kind of stuff. I agree. Yeah, totally. Like it's, a, it may be scary and there are times where it is like a little uncomfortable and you, you do things wrong or you'll, you'll try and be learning like new Git principles. I remember actually working on like this first project with Gatsby where, like Sam, he was giving feedback on some of the stuff I was working on. Like he's like, "Oh yeah, go ahead and just like rebase that with master," and I had no idea what rebasing <laughs> like, was. Yeah, man, thanks. I'll get right on that. I was like, "Yeah, let me just rebase this," and I googled what rebasing was, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And the stuff it was telling me was like, "Yeah, be really careful rebasing because you might just rewrite like the whole Git history." And I'm like, yep. "I don't want to do that." Yep. <laughs> Eddie, have you done that? Uh, no, no, I've been pretty careful. <laughs> I typed rebase once and it brought up all the commits yeah. and I was like, I don't, I don't want to yep. do this yeah. anymore. Yep. And I just bailed out of it. <laughs> yep. yeah. One day I was determined. I went into like a dummy project and I tried like the interactive rebase and I, I think maybe I got it right, but I'm still not totally sure. So yeah, I'm no, still scared knows. of rebasing. <laughs> yeah. You're not alone there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I do it all the time. So yeah. I still don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Pe- some people like to uh, micromanage their Git history. Um, but I think as long as you're not doing anything like crazy, like type one character commit type one character commit or something like that, you don't really mm-hmm. have to squash or worry about that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and you probably want all that history. So if you change something and then push it and then you screw it up, you can at least like revert back to one of those points. Right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, going back to like kent and his advice um was there anything else that he said to you that really like stood out or do you have any advice that you'd like to share for the audience Mm. that uh you think would be helpful that's a good question yeah uh i guess a little of both um he gave he gave awesome advice he's just a he's a really down-to-earth like humble guy that works hard and and has like really really well-defined priorities that i feel like that like really impacted me just a lot of things wasn't about like just what he told me, just kind of what he was doing and, and how he talked about what he was working on. I remember him saying, I mean, he's, a, he's aware that he's like made some cool contributions and he's like built cool stuff because like a lot of people are using it now. And he was talking about how like over like the course of this like time where he started speaking at conferences where it got kind of exhausting because he was traveling a lot and he wouldn't see his family as much. And like when he was talking to me, he's like, yeah, I, I'm just... I'm this year I'm not traveling like anywhere internationally. I'm just going to kind of stay local and because I want to spend time with my family and that's like really taxing on me. And I was like, huh? Okay. He's like, you know, I, I give people advice, but everybody, like not everybody's passion is, is writing code, but like, that is like, I love writing code is what Kent was saying. And he's like, if it's really not your passion and it's not like fun for you to be like staying up, late after you finish your homework and stuff to work on these like side projects, then like you can, you can have a career as like a developer and you don't have to like be in these open source communities, like trying to, or like building your own side projects and you can still like do cool stuff. Um, was like some of his advice. 
And so I thought about that a lot because I don't know. I've I've kind of learned that like I do love coding, so I do actually do it when I like get home and I have nothing else to do and I have free time. Uh, but I don't know. I think having like I think having like the right priorities, understanding like okay, well, not everything is code, <laughs> and which has led me to be like I can I can build these projects and they don't have to be perfect. They don't have like the code doesn't have to be perfectly right. I don't have to understand how Git works perfect. I can just go build something cool because I like creating cool stuff. And and that's like led me to a lot of like really fun projects. Like I've actually been building like my own music blog recently because I've always wanted to do it. And and why not? <laughs> and I'm probably doing stuff wrong, but it's like I can make it. <laughs> and I guess like advice that I would give is like, I mean, a lot of the things that we always say are like that people give like network, get to know people, like build stuff like side projects that can be in public. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just if you love writing code, like it's it's the most rewarding to just like actually build the thing that you want. Like I think the most fun I have um, from like being a developer, or, like an engineer, is is like seeing something I've made at the end of the day and be like, hey, I made that, and it helps me do something and do something like valuable and meaningful to me, and that's like a meaningful enough reward to me that I like keep going, keep learning, keep wanting to do more. But you can totally get into you can totally get into jobs like people need like junior level developers, especially because those engineers that have like these ticky tack tasks that seem like kind of minuscule and minute are things that they don't want to do that are like super interesting problems to someone who's like unfamiliar with them. So I think that's what I found at first was like things that I was super happy to get involved in, like fixing prop types across the entire code base. <laughs> of this project. That sounds so boring to be honest. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to do that. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wanted to do that. If I had to I go like, do that. Yeah, again, man. Awesome. I'm in sold. I'm like, do I'll it. Do it's twice. react. I'm, I'm learning react. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't building anything. You didn't see any UI as a result of what I did, but, but I was happy to like jump in and learn something new because it meant I got to try and I had a job where they were letting me learn. So yeah, it's uh, it's not impossible to, to like get the first job or or like get a cool job that you want to do like you can just go start building things and see what happens yeah i think uh you you really nailed it there and the philosophy that you're kind of dancing around is i think a lot of people jump on youtube and they look up a tutorial and they're they're just like oh i need to do another tutorial today hmm. or i need to go learn x y or z uh language or framework or whatever because that's what the market says or, or something like that the real way you want to go about it is what do I think is cool? What do I care about? What would I like to, to build to use as a user and then go make that your excuse to go learn something like, Oh, I would like to write a music blog. Well, maybe I would write it in Gatsby or something and then go learn Gatsby <clears throat> where hmm. if you're just like, I'm going to go learn Gatsby this weekend. Like that's kind of a poor way to go about it because if you don't care about what you're building, you're not going to spend the time to dig into the features and stuff and learn all those intricacies right. um, mm -hmm. and really kind of like get that, that depth of knowledge in it. You're just going to do some tutorial and be like, well, that was cool. And then kind of move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. I think like one of the biggest values, like, like value added from, from like doing these side projects myself was like you mentioned, if I just go follow this tutorial, it'll like, 
It'll teach me whatever that person who wrote the tutorial wanted to make, probably. They probably wrote that tutorial because it's something they wanted to make. But if you go make something you want to make, and then you can write a tutorial about it, sure. But it forces you to like solve the problems that you wouldn't solve otherwise. Like I probably never would have figured out how to do authentication with Spotify had I not known that I wanted this on my little app. Um, like it was just kind of scary and, and it felt hard. But knowing that it was like, this is going to be a feature and it's going to be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> just like motivated me to like bang my head against the wall until I figured it out. And I think exactly. that's super true. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what people want when they're looking for developers. You know, if you're the type of person where you're like, I'm going to learn authentication this weekend. Like nobody sits down and does that. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to learn authentication. No, but if you're like, oh, I want to, I want to build this application where I can add songs to my Spotify playlist and look up stuff by danceability or whatever. And then authentication is like a roadblock, you know, for that then yeah, you're probably going to power through it and just kind of, you know, find the solution, whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. And then you've learned something, you know, and, yeah. and solving that problem. That's what people hire people for is, are you, do you have the, the patience and the, I guess the wherewithal to, to make it through those, those bumps in the road? Or are you just somebody that's like, well, the tutorial didn't teach me how to do that. So I didn't learn it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And then um, another point that you brought up was uh, junior developers and like how important they are. Uh, I 100% agree with you. Like, I almost like there there was a time where I was really excited about oh I got to change the size of this button, <laughs> but like once you get some experience, if that's all you're doing, you kind of get burned out on it. So having other team members that are excited about that is like really good for your team dynamic and morale mm -hmm. and stuff where you're like, Oh man, yeah, I got a, a task that would be great for Kyle or great for Lee or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. you know, you're excited about it. That's great. But if you're like working on authentication or something, you've been doing it for three weeks and your boss is like, Hey, and also, by the way, I need you to change the size of this button. You're just like, ah, <laughs> uh, you know, cause it's breaking you out of that mindset and that problem mm -hmm. that you want to work on. So right. people really overlook that. <laughs> I think when, when they talk about junior developers and it sounds like you've kind of built your career on that kind of stuff and just <laughs> like powered through all of those types of tasks. Yeah. I've, uh, I've loved it. I, uh, like while I've been working with, with Gatsby, there's, there's a lot of really smart people that I get to interact with and work with that. I feel super lucky to like kind of rub shoulders with the times, even if it's like digital shoulders on Slack or on Twitter. <laughs> but I, yeah, I've just like, I've kind of made it like an, an exerted effort at times when when like something comes up that seems kind of trivial that maybe someone else doesn't want to do. If I can take it off their plate because I know that it's like something maybe even I will have to figure out, but it can uh, it can give them more time to work on the hard problems they want to solve. I get to work on cool hard problems I want to solve, and like everyone wins. So like companies like they want all of their their employees to be happy, and like all software engineers pretty much like as a if i guess kind of stereotype which maybe is unfair but it's just we, we love learning at least if i speak for myself i love learning and i want to keep learning like through my whole career that's one of the things that i love about being in software and the really smart people at those companies want to keep learning too and yeah if there's something that they can hand off to a junior developer that lets them learn well they can learn something else too like everyone wins so yeah i think there's so much value to 
to having like a, a mixed team and like different levels of experience and backgrounds and, and everything. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and then you kind of, you kind of touched on another point, which was, uh, burnout and side projects. And yeah, you, you absolutely don't have to be that person that just goes home and like, all you do is code. I, I think that's yep. a road to kind of self-destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually you're going to, you're just not going to be as excited about it anymore, you know? So Kent really passed on some wisdom there yeah. um, and, and kind of let you know, like, Hey, you know, I do this stuff cause I like it, but that's, there's more to life basically. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like you don't, you can, you can get a job, be happy and do awesome stuff without, without spending like a minute after like 5 PM thinking about code. And, and I totally think that's true. And I, I've definitely had times where I've been way more excited about things and way less excited about things. Um, so if it's not exciting, like, why well, keep working on it? Go find something that is. And, and yeah, take a break if you need it because <laughs> everyone needs yeah. it. Exactly. Um, I know Kent, uh, he's got like a separate Twitter account because he's writing like a fantasy novel series. Yeah. So like that, I'm, I can only imagine that's like his escape from development. <laughs> right. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to go write a book. Not not a technical book like yeah. wizards and, and fairies and stuff. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably got to be effective. <laughs> Cool. So, uh, Eddie, do you, do you have anything else? Oh, I just wanted to ask, um, can you talk about what you're working on at Gatsby? Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a part of the learning team right now. So what that means, I kind of ended up here because I guess some like those tutorials and things I wrote, but the main stuff we're working on, there's kind of like this, uh, this like process we kind of have where like there's, there's like the Gatsby core team who's developing kind of the internals and like the engine that runs Gatsby and builds stuff. And then there's like another team of us over here where we're basically trying to take those tools and like these inventions that are that Gatsby's helping like to create and to allow and make possible on the web. And then like our dedicated learning team, like what we're doing is is taking those concepts, like boiling them down to like the the simplest, most understandable way, teach them the right way so that people like A, know that what things are possible in Gatsby, and then B, can actually implement them themselves. So, like, a lot of my work day-to-day is kind of ends up, like, interacting with the community, people that are making contributions to Gatsby and opening, like, little docs, PRs, fixing, um, like, little tweaks to examples on code and new guides and things like that. A lot of it is also, like, helping kind of revamp sections of the docs to teach principles better, like, how do I build apps with Gatsby or how do I, how do I build an e-commerce site with Gatsby? Like things like that, that we want people to know is possible and they can do with Gatsby. But some people, if they can't find it in docs, won't know that it's possible. So yeah, that's generally what we're uh, trying to accomplish and what I get to work on. So cool. Yeah. That sounds like an awesome job. It's a blast. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, uh, I know we, we talked to um, to Amber Lee, Romo, and uh, Chris Biscardi about um, kind of like what Gatsby is and what it can do. And it's really like people say, yeah, static, static side generator or something like that. And then they kind of dismiss it at, at that. But there's really a whole lot more going on under the hood and a lot more possible. With, like it's really kind of extending React. So it can do all the mm-hmm. stuff that Re- React can do. It just has a lot of like 
bootstrap stuff that can like rocket launch your project. Um, so yep. like takes care of routing for you, does a lot of performance stuff. Um, certainly can help with like the data layer consolidating like different sources and stuff with GraphQL. Um, but at the end of the day, like you can still just make an API call in react and have it be dynamic, you know, on your deck, mm-hmm. on your Gatsby site. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's really a kind of an exciting thing, especially if you're coming from like create react app <laughs> and you yeah. come to, to Gatsby, yep. you're like, Whoa, where was this? You know, where I was, uh, mm-hmm. when I was trying to learn routing or, or something like that. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. That happened for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I>, uh... <laughs> When I was when I was first like that's what happened to me when I was building my little restaurant site, I uh, I didn't really understand Gatsby. I I didn't read the docs well enough. I didn't do all the tutorials well enough. So like my uh, my old restaurant site was actually querying this Google Sheet. Um, like I knew that Gatsby could pull information from like all sorts of different backends, and then it can build it out and make them static. But I didn't really know what that meant because I didn't I didn't learn it well enough, and I was kind of new to it, and it was it was hard to understand. So, like my my website really was just like any old React app. It was it was built using Gatsby, but then I would hit this Google Sheet backend and it would return data to me. <laughs> but now it's like it's a really awesome place to be in because I had these like questions while I was using Gatsby and and like maintainers of other open source projects are so aware of everything the library can do. It's kind of hard to bridge the gap between someone new to a technology and and like who's developing the technology. So I feel kind of a, well, I, mean, I feel super lucky to work on like Gatsby all the time because it's, it's an awesome project. Um, but I also like love seeing myself in, in the docs that I'm writing and recognizing like a lot of the stuff that I write was basically like just me back like not too long ago trying to understand this. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a weird place to be where I didn't really understand this stuff and now I'm trying to help teach it better so that those same people on the other side can actually come approach it the right way. Yeah, but I think that's a really a really good uh, viewpoint to have to make something uh, really accessible and also like successful as far as like tutorials and documentation goes because who better to tell you the blind spots of your framework or your documentation or whatever, then somebody who's confused by it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you built it, like, yeah, of course you can write whatever with it because you built it. But if you have a fresh set of eyes coming in and they're like, well, how the hell do I do Gatsby image or, or whatever? Like yeah. I certainly yeah. ta- uh, tangled with that when I was building a blog, like, oh, you have to do a dy- dynamic query or, or whatever. You have to query each <laughs> yeah. image or something crazy. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's people don't understand like if you're learning something for the first time and you're having a lot of struggles with it, that's a good thing. Like you're discovering a lot of teachable moments or like things that you yep. can report back to the community and use that to create content, like create a course on it or create a blog post or you know, totally. make a PR to the docs or something and like, hey, well here's how you do this. So totally. um to have a job where you're doing that is is kinda awesome. I would it think. is, yeah, it is really cool. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's definitely it makes you feel a lot more valuable when you're learning things. When you realize, if I hit a snag, I can probably guarantee that a lot of other people have hit this exact same problem. And if I write something about it and put it online somewhere, like put it on my own blog, put it on something like, 
like some community, put it on Twitter, people will find it and they'll probably be really appreciative of it. <laughs> yes. It's a pretty good rule of thumb. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the karmic opposite of that person on Stack Overflow that's like, hey, have you had this exact problem with this exact framework <laughs> and this yeah. exact thing? <laughs> and then there's no answers and just like, the one response is like, well, solved it. And then yeah. you're like, no, no. no. <laughs> what did you learn? Yeah. A wise one. Yeah. Please grace us. Yeah. I think there's a, there's an XKCD on that, but uh, yeah, that's amazing. Pe- people don't understand. Like you're not the only one having these problems. Like you're not the one dumb person on earth. You're a normal person like the rest of us. Who's also yep. struggling with this thing. Yep. So so true cool well uh eddie you got anything else or you want to move on to nerd minute nope, i'm good cool so uh kyle at the end of every show we um we have this thing called nerd minute and it usually ends up being nerd 15 minutes but uh <laughs> talk about comics or games or, or whatever so uh is there anything that you've been into lately i guess i guess one of the biggest things i've probably been into is uh i've gotten really into board games my family plays tons of them now and I don't know if you guys are too familiar with any, but uh, like back in the day, the classic was Settlers of Catan or like Ticket to Ride. But recently we've we started expanding out into all sorts of, of new ones. One of my favorites right now, there's one called Seven Wonders. There's this game, Lords of Waterdeep, Clank, and probably my favorite is Dominion. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have played any board games. or. <clears throat> so familiar. I've done uh, Settlers of Catan yeah, and kind I've of like... Ones, yeah. The stuff you find the, in you know, Walmart or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the basics. Yeah, yeah we've, we've started geeking out pretty hard where <laughs> it's a, it's been like a fun family tradition where we'll all jump on a conference call together since everyone's kind of living in different places now. And we'll conference call and get on this app for this game and all play together. But <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> kind of a... Kind of a fun little family tradition, but what's uh what? is there like an app that you can use for different games or is it like specific to the game? We get or? we get some specific to different games. So <laughs> the one we've been playing most recently, um well there's a couple. I mean we're <laughs> we're into a lot of them. But there's this game called Dominion. It's this like a uh, this deck building game essentially where you start with like a deck of ten cards. You have like money in your hand and you have like points. And so there's all these cards that you can buy like using your money, which creates like this really interesting like strategy because there's all these available cards that you can buy that will give you like actions, will provide you with like more money, more points, or like drawing cards from your deck. So as you begin to acquire more cards, your deck gets it gets larger and you you begin to have like different proportions of like money to cards that will draw new cards. And you have like all of these competing strategies between like, should I try and focus on getting enough of these cards or only like money cards so I can buy more victory points? And it's like a, it's a really fun game because they, they have this, this whole, like, I mean, there's their kind of like the system that the game works by, and then they can just kind of create as many versions of cards as they want. And then you just kind of mix and match. So every game is really different. The cards will interact with each other in different ways. And makes it like a super fun thing to just kind of be playing like passively or competitively as we're all chatting on the phone or <laughs> we're trying to beat each other because <laughs> we're all really competitive. Interesting. Yeah. Eddie, you ever, uh, you ever played, I guess, Dominion? No. Yeah, me neither. Is that like something that you could find? You, is, you have to like order it on Amazon or something? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
it's probably kind like a niche thing 40 or 50 yeah it's like uh in the board game geeky community it's one of the <laughs> okay one of the more favorites it's not like an uno or a <laughs> yeah one of those more straightforward standard games that everyone's probably run into but, <laughs> but man i, I know it. i love it i i've heard of um those games where like you put stickers on the board and it's like the game landscape changes as you play or something so like, yeah. events follow <laughs> so through I, the other games and stuff I'd probably like say this one's like kind of somewhere in between. Like there's like tabletop games that are like these big long like I don't know, kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons is probably like at one end, and then like Uno's maybe at the other end. And I think Dominion's somewhere in the middle. Like like a bit of competition and strategy. It's kind of nerdy, <laughs> but yeah, there's like there's a good element of strategy, but it's not a it's not like a three-hour commitment of time where there's these like big advanced quests and things happening it's just kind of a straightforward set of rules criteria win cool okay. yeah, how long fun. does that how long does the game take probably like uh i guess it depends on how familiar you are with the game probably but like generally like 30 to 40 minutes playing with like the actual cards when you play on these apps since you don't have to use any cards which i've learned is an awesome like superpower of technology not having to like <laughs> shuffle cards <laughs> we can finish games like 20 minutes though so sick yeah, okay super fun i guess i is uh, the uh <laughs> is the ahead. app free or do you have to like yeah we have uh, the app store or something <laughs> or what it's like a i think for dominion it's like a three or four dollar subscription or something we uh <laughs> we're like we're willing to pay we play this so much <laughs> i think uh cool. when we bought this game seven wonders it was like a like a couple bucks just to buy it once and now we play it all the time i think what got me into all these games was i grew up as a kid me and my brothers collected pokemon cards and we were like the only people i knew of that actually learned the rules to the pokemon trading card game <laughs> and actually played with them <laughs> most people just traded the cards because they like the cool pokemon and stuff but <laughs> we actually learned the rules and i think since then we've just always been <laughs> always been competitive wanted to beat each other and <laughs> yeah I've, i definitely had like that same kind of experience with Pokemon cards and then um, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Yep. But it, too. the problem was like you'd buy the cards and then you play the same people over and over again. Yep. And so you just like beat each other over and over and over. And it's like yeah. you're playing the same deck against the same deck because you guys yep. have the same cards. Yeah. Right. And you can't afford to go buy new cards every week. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. It kind <laughs> of, um, it doesn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Definitely been there. It's like everybody has their own deck and it's just the same thing over and over. And we just, do it over and over again because it's all we had <laughs> i guess that's that's probably one of the reasons i've loved like a game like dominion where it's it feels like really extensible because every game gets very varied because of like you're throwing in new cards and that like different cards will kind of chain together with other ones in new ways so it's just kind of a really like surprising like discovery all the time and i kind of love seeing like new patterns and trying to like figure out the best way to match stuff up i've just always like loved little puzzles like that so cool <laughs> uh eddie you got anything uh i saw the joker okay I yeah yes i saw that as well oh, did you i didn't see it yet oh, okay uh no spoilers then uh <laughs> okay. yeah what what did you think i did not like it you really know? um i uh i loved it so really why didn't you like it? <laughs> now we yeah. gotta hear both sides <laughs> Sell me on it or tell me why not. <laughs> uh, Eddie, you go first. Um, I thought Joaquin Phoenix was really good. Um, I liked their depiction of Gotham City. I hated all the... Um, I felt like the 
the Batman stuff is kind of shoehorned in. Um, and I don't know. I, I, it felt a lot like a taxi driver. If you've seen that, uh, which is a movie I liked and it's not like one of my favorite movies, but this felt like a lesser version of that. Um, the ending, I mean, it kind of saw coming, uh, I don't know. It it's it, it was an okay movie. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. I I stood away from all the trailers and stuff like that, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was just it was. I didn't hate it, I guess, but I I just thought it was just okay. I need to see it again, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what about you? Yeah, count so. <laughs> I I really liked it. First of all, like Joaquin Phoenix was amazing. Yeah, he was good. Um, he goes from like one extreme to the other very quickly. So there's kind of a lot going on in the movie where, you know, the Joker has this mental condition where supposedly he uh, can't control his own laughter. So like he'll get into some awkward <laughs> to the point where social he, situation. Like, hands people a card. And, yeah, it's like, hey, I have a condition. It, I'm sorry. It also says you know. I need this back because my only one. <laughs> yeah, please, please kindly return this card, and nobody returns yeah. it. Like this woman grabs it and doesn't yeah, give it back. Really to him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's got that. Like, first of all, the acting was really good from Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, but what I really liked about it was the layers to it. So you've kind of got this aspect of the unreliable narrator, where the Joker is telling the story, but as you get further into the movie, you see like you know, things aren't what they seem. So he has this version of things that are happening. And as things go on, you're like, Oh, well, wait, that actually didn't happen. Hmm. And then by the end of it, it kind of like becomes this crescendo of like everything happening all at once. And he's at the center of everything. But when you remember like, Oh, he's telling the story, of course he thinks he's at the center of everything. So, hmm. um, it kind of rewards repeat viewings yeah, that's why I'm and saying I need to see it again. It has um, this ending to it that kind of like, once you get there, the rest of the movie, like looking back on it, you're like, oh, okay. So maybe, you know, things were a little bit different than what I what I saw. Wow. Um, and there's there's some other points to it where it's more explicit, where like characters that you thought were there actually weren't there because they'll flash back and show him like by himself. Whoa. But um, yeah. Huh. It also has this uh, this interesting overarching theme of like the people versus the um, like the one percent basically, yeah. and hmm. a lot of that part is what Eddie was saying was kind of like cribbed from Taxi Driver, where hmm. he's like this anti-hero basically. But interesting. Part of that I think is him spinning his own yarn of like how things happen. And I think the Batman part of it is part of that too. Like he thinks that he inspired all this stuff to happen, which led to the things happening to Batman and his family. And if you were a fan of the comics, like, you know, that things didn't exactly happen that way. Yeah. Hmm. So it, it had a lot of stuff going on, which I thought was really cool. And plus like Joaquin Phoenix is really awkward, like uncomfortable acting. (laughs) Yeah. During the, that's like, he does all these like dancing and stuff and like (laughs) laughing but that stuff happens whenever he like gets into an altercation with somebody or murders somebody or, or something like that. Like immediately after he starts dancing, he's like reverent, laughing, like having a good time. 
So it all kind of ties together if you're kind of paying attention to that stuff. Interesting. But yeah, it's it's not like a Batman movie where there's like superheroes flying around. No, and no, people, that's so. not yeah, there at right, all. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a, a drama. Hmm. Yeah. Well, interesting. Almost like a. I mean, it kind of sounds in a ways like Christopher Nolan esque. The way like stuff kind of just is, starts wrapping up at the end, and you're looking back, kind of like, okay, this actually tied together, a little bit. Yeah, it definitely has that aspect to it where it's not just a straightforward take on the the tale, um, which I think maybe you, you kind of see going into it because you know what the ending is. And yeah. He becomes a Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this tale of how does he snap, right? But really it's his version of why he snapped. So when you think of it that way, it's like, did this actually happen? And, you know, did these events unfold this way? Or is this just how he justifies it to himself? Hmm. So uh, I really liked it because of that stuff. Wait, you think the thing he does at the end didn't actually happen? That's just a... I don't think the dancing actually happened. Okay. Like in the in the street with like the riot going on and whatnot. Um, That may or may not have happened. But I, I think like him being the center of everything is in his own mind like he's his own hero kind of thing no i i mean the uh i don't want to ruin it but uh <laughs> let's just be over here la, 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 la. <laughs> Bef- i think if, if the, you're talking about the very yeah, end of the before movie before the dancing in the street or whatever when the people are like lifting him up or whatever the thing that gets him he, into the street yeah yeah that that happened okay all right it's just kind of like the everything else okay. around that. Okay, cool. But uh Yeah, I did Yeah, let, let's not spoil no, that's it. Fine. <laughs> I didn't know Robert De Niro was in the movie. That's how far away Yeah, that I that was, was he was in Taxi Driver. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um that's what made me so think I, about it while watching it. Huh. Um But yeah, uh, cuz I didn't watch a trailer or anything before watching the movie. So so it was, uh, I don't know, I thought it was really well done, to be honest. Yeah. I, I felt a little deranged coming out of the Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I need to watch it's it like, again, though. Is there a, it's like, man, I think I sympathize with him, but I don't. Yeah, yeah you probably should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was listening to reviews, and there are things that I missed. I was like, oh, I need to go back and watch it. Maybe I'll appreciate this a little more. But, um, but yeah. Because the, the theater experience I had wasn't great either. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it again. I'll probably watch it two or three more times. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> cool. So um, <clears throat> that's all I've got. Uh, Kyle, if you want to uh, maybe tell the audience where they can find you online or how to check out your blog. or I th- Have you done like egghead courses also, I think? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of been a result of working with Gatsby stuff. So I guess you can find me online. I've got my own domain, kylegill.com. That was my uh, my first project, getting my very first job, but I've uh, <laughs> since updated it a lot. I'm on Twitter a lot. I uh, You can always find me commenting on little PRs on, on the Gatsby repository, too, if, you, if you're looking to get into open source or, or uh, want to find a great place to start. That's an awesome place, and I'd, I'd be happy to answer any questions anybody's got on Twitter, or, or you can find contact info on my, on my website, kylegill.com, or yeah, whatever. Is it at Kyle Gill on Twitter or uh, my, let's see, my handle is Gill underscore Kyle. <laughs> so uh, you can find me there. 
Fair enough. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. Kyle, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. We, uh, yeah. we really appreciate you yeah, taking the time. You. Thank you, guys. That was a blast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Tech Junior. Head on over to our site at techjr.dev for show notes and past episodes. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter to get an email from us once a week with the latest episode and some other goodies. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by becoming a Patreon subscriber. Special thanks to all our current patrons. Also, we have a Teespring store where you can get some cool TechJR swag like t-shirts and stickers designed by Eddie and I. You can find links to both the swag store and our Patreon on our website at techjr.dev under support. You can also follow us on Twitter at TechJR Podcast. You can follow me at Lee Wark Jr. and Eddie at ED0TER0. Join us next week where we're talking to Jason Langsdorf. You've probably heard of Jason from uh, his work at Gatsby and now Netlify and also his awesome Learn with Jason uh, Twitch stream uh, where he talks to and learns from developers in the industry about all of your favorite uh, new and awesome technologies. So we had a blast talking to Jason and we think you're going to love that episode. So check it out next week on Wednesday. All right. That's all for me this week. Hope you guys have a good one and I will see you next week. Take care.